Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Markets Show. I am John Human, editor of the Investors Chronicle. Um, joined today by Harriet Russell. How are you doing, Harriet? Yeah, good. How are you? Not too bad. And uh, Algie Hall. Hello there. How are you? Very good, thanks. Good. And uh, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Yeah, we, Happy we, New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. Uh, we, we've been off air, as it were, for uh, for a couple of weeks whilst we've all been on holiday, mm-hmm. which is nice because we had a very busy end of the year and we're about to have a busy, busy start to the new year. But we're back, and lots to talk about. But we're going to keep it tight today. We're going to talk uh, next, aren't we, Harriet? Because they are the first of the retailers to report. Yep, two days in. They didn't waste any time. Uh, January is a, a huge month for retailers anyway. We're going to have an absolute deluge of updates by the end of the month. But yeah, next next kicked us off. Um, they did, and not in particularly uh, pleasant style. But no, uh, we'll no. come up, We'll come on to that. And we're going to talk tips, because... Yeah. It's a big, we, big week for the tips. It's the big week. The tips of the year. Tips of the year. It's our tips of the year issue. And not only do we re- release our tips for 2017, but we, we, we review our tips of 2016. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so let's start with retail because Christmas, everyone mm. shops. It's the big time of the year when everyone makes all their money, all the retailers make all their money. Um, and uh, Next has not exactly set the world on fire with its uh, with the first trading update of the new year. No, it had an incredibly difficult 2016 as a whole, and it unfortunately didn't get much better during the fourth quarter. It got a little bit better. It did. I mean, relative to the third quarter, yes. Um, overall, it's still not great. And the big sort of um, thorn in Next's side is the fact that full price sales aren't growing nearly as fast as they would like them to. Um in fact, they're in decline, although that decline did slow considerably um, towards the end of the year. Uh, but it's not what they want. And unfortunately, the big end of year seasonal sale also didn't go particularly well. Sales there were down 7%. So all in all, they've had to revise their profit guidance again, um, again downwards, and the market did not take to it well. No, I mean, Next has a, has a reputation, has has garnered a reputation over the years of, of, of putting out very gloomy prospects uh, for trading and then smashing them, yeah. and the shares would respond accordingly by 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 jumping. Uh, but but th- that that pattern seems to have broken. Now. Yeah, it really seems to have turned, which is a massive surprise because I think Lord Wolfson's reputation was really quite stellar. Um, they did particularly well through the directory business um, in light of the kind of online challenge that started to emerge in the mid two thousand. Well, well, everyone said you know next, well they've had a directory you know catalogue for years, so so they're perfectly positioned to become an online retailer. Yeah, I mean their distribution was set up for them; it was ready to go. Whereas a lot of other companies, Debenhams for example, had to start from scratch and very costly. Next never had that challenge, but I think the commentary yesterday was really focusing on the fact that since that point they haven't really done much to modernise the business. They've sort of, in a way, it it starts to feel like they've just sort of thought, well, we're okay. Um, The rest of the high street have these awful problems. And because we have directory, because we have big warehousing set up and the back end system in place, we can kind of just chug along. And unfortunately, I think what often gets overlooked in retail a lot is people just don't seem to want the product. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this this is the thing. Uh, I mean, you you could say, okay, the business structurally is in in the right place. Is it the product then? I th- I think it must be because the 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 big challenge that Next is going to have this year is really with prices. I mean, this is going to be something that affects retail as a whole. But Next were really some you know among the most vocal last year about how they would have to put 
prices up in order to save margin. Um, have, have, they, have they then kind of uh, overestimated their ability to put their prices up? You know, I think you know, they we, have. We've got such a good product that you know people will pay for it, whatever we charge for yeah, it. Yeah, so full price sales started sliding in mid-2016. And at the time of the interim results, I really pointed this out in the ICVU. I said, if people aren't going to pay for full price product now... No one wants to pay full price for anything anymore, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I mean, and if they're not going to pay for it now, what on earth is next thinking when they think that customers will pay even higher prices midway through 2017? It, to me, it's just a strategy that isn't going to work. So, yeah, I have my doubts. I, I think also Harriet makes a good point in uh, in one of the tips of the year that she's written that um, it's these mid-market players, which are the people who can't sell at full prices, whereas there are companies um, online who have an advantage and who have really strong brands, which... Um, actually can still um, increase your proportion of sales they're making, which are, are at full prices. And then perhaps that's, those are the places in the retail market. Indeed. I mean, you're, there's you're, still appetite there. There are people still buying things. They're just buying differently. Yeah, indeed. You're probably going to rock up in you know, the office in the New Year and go, hey, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a neck suit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no, you know, no disrespect, but no. to, to, to the, I, I have a neck suit. I've bought neck suits in the past, but well, everyone has it's, just, it's just a functional suit. Yeah. It's, it's one of the big challenges that Marks and Spencer has really identified already, and they talk a lot about it. Whether they're actually going to make any progress on it remains to be seen, but one of Steve Rowe's big missions there is to improve quality relative to price. At M&S. At M&S, which I think has been a problem for M&S, but I'm, I wonder if it's starting to be a problem for Next as well. I think you're right. If they're pushing the prices up northwards of, say, £45 just for a simple, I don't know, polo shirt or something, um, but the quality isn't stacking up in any kind of measurable way um, relative to that price increase, people are going to notice. They're not going to stand for it. I mean, it's true, you know, I'm, I'm going to get all anecdotal here, as I am wont to do on these podcasts, <laughs> but you know, I used to, I've, I've had a few Marks and Sparks suits over the years, I've had a few neck suits. You know, in the past, you could go into Marks and Spencer's and you could, for 100, 150 quid, you could buy a decent wool suit, you know, that got, got you to work, you know, and not looking <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, and the same with Next. But actually, M&S, I would argue that for the same wool suit that I could buy Five years ago for 100 quid. I've now been asked for 200 quid. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying it. No. Uh, I think, and also, you know, M&S, the big thing with M&S is that their customers were arguing that all, although the prices are rising, the quality was sliding. Well, lots of polyester is going into those suits. Yeah, and is, that, uh, to me, that smacks of moving labour around. And this is something that Next has also said it's done, which worries me even more. Um, in terms of their cost base, every cost base for retailers is on the up, as we as we know. Um, but Next has said, oh, well, don't, don't worry, because um, as, alongside price increases, we're also going to cut costs. And we've already moved our labour to places like Bangladesh. To me that suggests that quality might be taking a bit of a dive. Well, we I don't know. know. That's know. speculation. Well, no, no, because Bangladesh, we know, is, is has been a low-cost manufacturing centre for a number of retailers, including uh, Primark, for example. Mm-hmm. We know what uh, that there have been problems with some of those manufacturing facilities in countries like that. There, were, there was a terrible disaster yeah. at Bangladesh manufacturing site that Primark were involved in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it begs the question. It, know, it's how, just all a bit How worrying. low can you go? Yeah. I think the important thing to really note about the next trading update, though, is that these problems are sort of inherent to next. And I think some of the commentary yesterday was really trying to find a sort of structural meaning um, in the update in terms of what this means for the high street, what this means in terms of consumer sentiment, consumer spending for 2017. Um, And I think that might be jumping the gun ever so slightly. John Lewis, for example, also came out yesterday, not a listed company, so they don't make it into our coverage as much. But well, they do publish figures. They so do we, publish we know what figures, and the sales there rocketed over Christmas, up 36%. 
you know, huge demand for click and collect, big demand for Waitrose as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny, actually. Go, go on, Algie. Well, no, I was just going to say another interesting aspect from the shareholder point of view with Next. Um, if um, they're going to have to start investing a lot in the business to try and... Um, uh, get, get back their mojo, whatever you call it. They're, Mojo's what, good. Part of, part, of, <laughs> part of the story with Next is always that it returns a lot of capital. And um, a lot of its EPS increases are based on the fact that it buys back shares. Mm. So um, you're actually, you're not, you, you're, you're looking at a situation where it may need to put cash back into its operations, which has a kind of, so there's, a dub, there's another dimension to what it means for the actual share, share returns in the future. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you you mentioned uh, in your intro to the tips of the year uh, mm-hmm. feature that, that buybacks are potentially uh, a sign of sort of end of cycle. Well, you know, I think we cut that out in the end. Well, we did, no, mean, no, yeah. we didn't cut it out. I nicked it. <laughs> <at the time>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, it's Wait. interesting that, that buybacks have, have powered EPS growth at some businesses for some time. Yeah. And, and, and actually, they, they may themselves reach a limit. I mean, sh- sh- um, uh, Next is n- not guilty of doing that in a cynical way, it should be said. But yeah, no, but it's an, an end of the sign that we're some, quite far into the credit cycle when there's lots of M&A and there's lots of um, buybacks and... Um, that, that we've definitely seen all, all of yeah. that. So, I mean, you know, they're, 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 you have to wonder, you know, what does that mean for this year? Indeed. I mean, we, let's get back to retail before we, yes. uh, we diverge from, uh, from what we were talking about. I mean, so um, next, next we, think, we think these are specific problems to next then. I do. Um, it's, um, it's a very specific strategy. They came out swinging in the middle of last year, um, the moment with, that we voted to leave the EU and Sterling took a dive. But then Wolfson is a very big supporter of, of leaving the EU. Well, I mean, be that as it may, <laughs> I don't know whether he's regretting that now, but, um, well, actually, in fairness, it. in fairness, ahead of the vote, he actually was sort of hinting at this already because, of course, we'd had the introduction of the new living wage, which had, which had pushed up cost bases for a number of retailers, next included. But at the time, they were sort of, it was very moderate. It was, you know, price creases were kind of come through at 1% a year. I, I don't know if the next customer would really have noticed that. Um, year to year but but now it's more serious obviously their their input costs have gone up massively um thanks to the currency weakness and uh in terms of price cri- price rises they might might be much more dramatic than first thought and and that's where we come back round in a full circle to what we've been saying indeed so i mean you know how you you alluded to this this idea of the squeezed middle so these middle ground retailers are the ones that are going to get hit the most. We, we, we've been here before. Uh, and, and Harriet, you've rounded some of these retail challenges, more generic retail challenges up in, in the new spotlight this week. Yeah. The squeeze middle is an interesting one because we also had some uh, news from B&M. Uh, European value retail this week and they did very well. They did do very well. It was a big surprise um, in sort of the opposite way to Next. Um, the shares rocketed about 7.5% in early trading in reaction. Um, yeah, I, I've been very sceptical of B&M for a long time. I thought that their new store opening programme was extremely accelerated to the point where it was cannibalising the existing estate sales. So like-for-likes were really, really thin. 0.2% I think in the preceding quarter to this. Um, however, that seems to have really run its course. Up, and the, up is up as well. Yeah, and like for likes are up 7.2% over the festive period, which is absolutely massive for them. So, uh, what are they selling? Yeah. My- Tin- tinsel, cheap, <laughs> cheap wrapping paper. Indeed. I, I think the thing that is sometimes misunderstood about discounters is that, um, and Algie and I were talking about this yesterday, is that margins are often thought of to be razor thin. And they're not, actually. Um, what what the discounters do have to tackle with is that they have a little less flexibility on price. They're not able to sort of adjust that top line quite as easily as someone 
um, like Next, for example, though Next is limited too. Um, so that's kind of the risky run. But yeah, it might be time to uh, relook at relook at B and M and think again. Okay, I, I must admit, I've got into the value uh, retail, value food retail this year because my Lidl's open now. I'm loving it, <laughs> well, yeah, loving we, it. We had a very interesting um, <laughs> note through. Um, from from the guys at Shawcap, and they've they've done a big preview on on supermarkets for this year. But uh, I won't go into that now. We'll save that for the FTSE 350 review. I think. At the okay. End of the well, I think I'll note one thing. I will say about my 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 experiences of shopping at Little over Christmas is that they don't have a massive range of stuff. No. So a lot of things that I want to buy every week, I still have to go to Sainsbury's. Or yeah, Tesco it's one of their one of their secrets of keeping the cost down: limited ranges. Yeah, limited ranges. And so, we've, we've kind of seen Tesco slightly moving in that direction. Haven't they've we? still got more stuff than Little. They have got a lot more stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Without a doubt. No, but I like it. I, just, I, back. I kind of like wandering around. Like, oh, look at that thing that they've only got for a week or two. <laughs> I just kind of like it. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, convenience... Is it, not, is it a novelty thing? I don't know. So. I don't know. I think convenience and availability are going to be some of the two biggest driving forces for, for supermarkets for a while to come. I mean, well, T- Tesco's had a wonderful year. I mean, yeah. uh, in, mm. in chair price 40% terms. over the last 12 months. And we went with Sainsbury's, but never mind. Well, we hold, did, you, hold that we, against you, Harriet. Well, no, we... we <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you do. But anyway, no, Sainsbury's was a bit blown out of the water, unfortunately. We had a we had a pretty sound argument at the time, and, and three weeks into that tip, they announced their home retail deal which which kind of changed the investment it, it, case it really did it really we stuck did, with it though so. we, we stuck stuck as bad yeah we will see how it goes i mean it, the, the th- well we'll we'll get on to what well, actually happened with the market indeed, in bit, indeed. But, um, should, should we just finish retail before we sure. before we move on so five retail challenges for the year ahead we yeah. talked about the squeeze middle yeah I, I i buy that and i think marcus spencer's personally i think they're still in it yeah, they are still in it. I, I think there's still, however, quite a lot of faith in Steve Rowe. Sentiment doesn't appear to have completely disappeared. And actually, the shares have largely gone sideways since last summer, which is, is good for MS. They'd been on a downward trajectory for some time. So, that had a know. disastrous trading update in terms of their uh, general merchandise and clothing business. Yeah, that was in July. But I mean, we kind of said that. that I think we tipped it around May. No, last it's year. towards the end of the year they had an, an equally disastrous yeah, update. Yeah, but, but... It, the shares have come back since then. I yeah. think people are, are optimistic. So it remains to be seen. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't see why. The food business is what I see keeping that business going yeah i mean and they're going to have a trading update this month obviously for the festive period and, and food will undoubtedly carry them um in that period but everyone knows everyone's well aware by this point that clothing and home is in is in recovery so. I, sp- I spent 20 pounds on a chocolate cake for mark's expenses this christmas it was one in the really adverts nice. had a like a little green christmas tree in the middle of it how much have my... you got that from little for <laughs> they didn't sell it it was, it was very specifically my wife said i want that for the christmas table this christmas i'm not paying 20 pounds for t- and then I did. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas guilt kicked in. Christmas so guilt. Rocked up with a Christmas cake. You'd be very happy. Um, mm. Consumer sentiment. Yeah. Now, I mean, so, so everyone sort of thought, well, oh, yeah, next. It's, an, it's a sign that consumer sentiment is in the doldrums. Actually, uh, consumer credit is booted. I mean, it's, you know, it's going through the roof. It is. And we've seen things like Lloyd's wanting to buy MBNA and all sorts of deals in the credit card space. I mean, you know, consumers are borrowing to spend. They are, but... There's a lot of talk at the moment as well how that cycle might turn quite quickly. It's been longer than previous sort of cycles before it, but uh, but yeah, we're living on a bit of a knife edge with it. The problem with consumer sentiment, which is something I point out in the piece, is that it's really quite a difficult um, thing to measure in in a quantitative term. Um, so we we pay quite a lot of attention to the GFK Consumer Confidence Index, which um, 
I think the last time I looked at it was not that long ago. Uh, it was towards the end of the summer, and it was at a 12-month low. Um, however, since then, we have had Christmas, which tends to bring out, you know, the consumer best in us. Um, and with promotional... Or worst, or worst depending, which way depending you on your moral ethics. But, um, you know, things like the Black Friday bonanza, personal feelings aside, you know, it, it has been a stimulus. And uh, as uh, I wrote a big feature on that, actually, at, at the time, in terms of it's kind of crazy that retailers have to start their most important trading period of the year at their lowest prices. But what it does do is it kicks off a, a, an extended shopping period now um whereas before we might have started shopping in sort of second week of december we're at it now from middle of november so and boxing day i mean boxing day is a big day for, for, for shopping now christmas day online christmas day online most of the sales actually started before christmas i can remember going out on the 19th of december this year which was a monday and most of the shops i visited were already in sale mode mm. insane so, I mean, yeah. on, online, I mean, we've, we've talked about that a lot. Um, yeah, rather, rather than sort of like do the whole online argument, I've, I've started to use a bit more of this term of smart shopping, which is the, one of the biggest challenges that retailers face from online pure plays. Is I, think that, a, I think it's a good, good de- definition, actually. Yeah, that's right. Is that something we mentioned on the retail podcast, um, which was released last year as well, is that, you know, shoppers are savvier than ever. They're able to do all their own research not just on price, but also on quality, on functionality, whatever it is you're shopping for. Um, And they go into shops more educated than ever. And they're ready to purchase. You know, it's um, in terms of the sales, you know, the traditional sales associate, they're almost obsolete at this point. You know what? I mean, I was going to say earlier, um, I I, I read my local newspaper, being a a newsman and trying to keep local news alive. Um, And, you know, I saw a story uh, about local high street retailers from my town saying they've had a great Christmas. Is the high street coming back? Well, I mean, it's, it's such a difficult question because I think it means you've almost got to boil it down to which high street. I think there's almost this trend now, isn't there, for sort of the quaint high street um, independent retailers. But if you're talking about a generic sort of department store, mm. um, depending on how po- well populated that high street is with other generic high street chains, um, you still might struggle. You know, I think there's a very middle class, um, something that Harry Wallop talked about a lot in his book. He gives all of these various um, definitions of, of people um, but, you know, there is the trend to go to local butchers and local booksellers and all of this. Um, to what extent that lasts, I don't know. Yeah, it's nice. Though. It's nice. I, I must admit, I bought a lot of my Christmas presents locally this year. I think people feel good about it. And there, there is this moral backlash that we're seeing actually as a whole in retail, particularly around wages and the way that employers treat their employees. That's something that Ian Smith wrote about in his Taking Stock article just before Christmas as well, um, in terms of how that's becoming much more of a moral issue and what, one that people are taking quite seriously and it might be quite damaging. Okay, so we, we must have some more trading statements coming up. Oh, uh, we've got a plethora. What's the... Uh, what's the, what's the the kind of uh, schedule then who's next well we... next week is really a supermarkets week we've got right. we've got Morrison's Tuesday I think Tesco uh, Sainsbury's Wednesday Tesco and Booker on Thursday so yeah big week for supermarkets next week yeah Morrison's I've I got to say I mean they've had a good year in, in, in share price terms but I bought, yeah, sneaky recovery I don't think anyone saw it coming really you would have had to pay for it same way as you're having to pay for the Tesco recovery if you want those shares um, but yeah I mean surprise outperformer done really well David Potts doesn't get nearly as much credit as Dave Lewis but there you go indeed I must admit not convinced by Morrison still as a shopper shopping experience yeah they, um, they've been it's... what I like about Morrison's is they have they seem to have no shame in doing the whole if you can't beat them join them approach which is specifically referring to their tie up with Amazon um, they've been embroiled in this Ocado deal for years now but um, but last year they made a big 
um, decision to go into a supply and distribution agreement with Amazon as part of their delivery fresh service for Prime members. And uh, I think that's kind of set another tone for the industry, which mm. probably puts Ocado back in the shadows. You're just looking at next Thursday, Debenhams. Yep. Ooh. Buy tip. Mm. New boss. Yeah. Sergio. Lots of sales there. It's a perma sale at Debenhams. It is a perma sale, but I think you and I spoke actually quite positively on Debenhams. In the I, I, I quite podcast. like it, but it's just, oh, just, I just see that blue. I get so many emails from them. I once bought something online, get an email every day Blue Cross Tuesday, Blue Cross Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, people I mean, it's just... love a promotion, and I think if. Um, I don't know if the. I suppose it's what we came, what we were talking about right at the beginning of the podcast. If the quality is stacking up, then then people will go for it. Is it and Marks and Spencer's as well, and ABF actually, which will give us a view of Primark trading. So, Primark, uh, yeah, Brad will be handling that one. But, oh, yeah. There we go. Right, exciting week next week. Indeed, have fun. <laughs> um, should we talk? I mean, we, we've talked about Sainsbury's very briefly, which was one of our tips of last year. Which I, I mean, it was a good performance. I would say. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, considering that it shocked the market with this surprise home retail acquisition. Um, but let's talk more generally about our tips of the year. Algae. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Sainsbury's, well, Sainsbury's you know, it's, it's, um, it was slightly a case of being um, wrong for the right reasons, I'd say. I mean, it, yeah, I say, I don't, I've, so I'm turning to the page where we've got all the... Wrong for the right actual, reasons. Um, well, we, we were trying to play the um, supermarket recovery story. We went for the safer bet, so that meant there was less, um, re- you know, recovery upside. Although it looked better value on paper against earnings, but, but yeah, it was, it, had less far to go. But um, it was it should have participated a, more in that recovery, it, but for that acquisition, which the market still seems somewhat uncertain about, really, about where to place it. But, it um, is odd. It was. It's still odd. I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of with with the, the market on there this was, one because it, it doesn't. It does feel odd. There was a comment from a manager of Scottish Mortgage who backed things like Amazon, etc. And um, you know they're they're big into all those um, real you know unicorn type companies. And um, he said um, that you could hear the giggling from um, uh, Silicon Valley when. <laughs> Silicone Valley. Silicone Valley. That's <laughs> <laughs> where they make the ice creams. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I can't. Yeah, I, so can, I yeah. can see why Amazon might have been tittering. At, yeah, uh, if, that but, one, but, but anyway, yeah. you know, well, yeah, we have to wait and see how it all plays out. I mean, there, there's a, yeah, obviously savings there to be had. But um, no, I mean, what what we had, um, we underperformed the market for the first time since 2010 with our tips of the year. Not by much. Well, not by well. We we it was a total return of fifteen point two percent on um, on average, which sounds good. Which sounds in, and especially if you've been away from the resources sector during this year. Yeah, because we did very we, good. Probably we but, um, did play it safe. I mean, you talk about we playing did. it safe with Sainsbury's. We played it safe generally by avoiding resources. Yeah, I mean, what where we were at the when we were making the decision on where to you know go with the tips of the year last year was that there's still a lot of negative sentiment about the resources sector. And it actually felt quite easy to say, listen, we, we, we won't go there because, it, because there's such negative price momentum. There's a lot of, you know, really negative comment. And it's, um, you know, although, although we realised it could turn very fast, there seemed to be nothing suggesting it was going to at that point and who knew when it was going to. It did in mid-February after a savage kind of final sell-off. It kind of hit the bottom and then it's... Those that that part of the market's gone ballistic ever since, and, yeah, and, and mean, the weighting it has in the index means that it's 
um, been you know exaggerated in, in terms of the entire index performance um, compared to an equal weighted portfolio, which is how we assess the tips of the year. But, indeed, indeed. So, so oil companies did very oil, gas, and mining companies did very yeah. well after after February. Really fantastic. Well, because those companies are so huge, they obviously dragged the market yeah. up. Yeah, and also the gains are so huge. The gains are, you know, ama- amazing with some of them. We've we've got um, what I did was just to break down the all share from um, the beginning of the year and and put together the distribution curve which we, we've got in the magazine so um it's, it's so that's point. where 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 you're likely to see you know where you're most likely to see returns and you've got this what, what well, it's, a bell, it's a bell curve a bell curve mostly except, yes at the end <laughs> at the, so i've got i've got i've got, I've got an over 100 percent um bar at the end and that's like really quite big compared to all the other bars but it's, it's kind of a distribution chart. that shouldn't happen under normal circumstances with well, that bit at the end yeah, it, it shouldn't happen. It's a long tail. It's, isn't, it, that, isn't that what they call it? Well, the, the, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's different to a long tail. I, listen, I'm no statistician, but that, that is, that's not a normal... It's a fat tail, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's not a normal distribution we, curve with yeah. that at the end. No, we've, we've, had, we've, had, yeah, we've, had kind of, we've had a special market um, in terms of how, 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 how it looks from the perspective of a weighted index compared with how it would look viewed from an equal weighted um index and um, but but also it's kind of it's important though just to remember that in previous years when resources stocks were falling so badly um it's actually been the opposite so i mean to to you know to um make excuses when we you know we always we always kind of generally compare ourselves to the all share that's been an advantage for the tips of the years in um past years and it's not been this year so you know ho hum and and but i mean i think the main thing is that the actual the, the total return 15.2%, even though it compares to 19.8% from um, the FTSE All Share. It's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not actually too bad. It's not, um, I, I forgot, I think it was 2014 when we had Zambief in, uh, in our tips, and it, it oh, it's terrible. And I felt that was, a, you know, although we beat them, ended up beating the market just about that year, that was a far worse selection of tips because of that one shocker. Yeah. This year we've had Lloyd's is the one which has gone um, most wrong in terms of share price. That's a 7.8% negative total return. And again, that's wrong for the right reasons. Well, that's... That's, oh god that sounds so awful yeah which way around which way around should have been a lot's gone right for a lot of what we hoped would happen with lloyd's has happened we've just re-tipped it in um uh in in the last magazine i think just because we we feel like you know that there's you know there's a good income story there which um this this year with with them um, yield starting to rise could people could really latch on to and we we you know prob- probably you know we we felt that that should have been given more credit during this year, but I mean, there's there've also been you know the, you know all the negatives that, in a way, you know we were expecting with Lloyd's to do with them, um, you know fines etc cetera, etc, cetera. and a few things haven't come off. But the general picture with Lloyd's has been pretty much as we had hoped. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of except for the shares, uh, except <laughs> the shares are down seven point eight percent. Yes, um, I mean, but it kind of feels also like the the kind of. We we took a punt on that in the in a way that we didn't with with oil and gas and mining. You know, banking was still in a bit of a difficult place. What? We called the recovery, and it is the recovery tip of the year. We yes. were trying to catch a falling knife before it bounced, and it didn't work out. Well, what what we also what we were trying to do because remember there was an interest rate rise in the US the same time as there was this this year, 
And that happened last year. And actually, the expectation for rates were not what we, we ended up having. Also, with the banks, and this is why banks are doing so well now, especially in the US where interest rate expectations really ticking up. Not in Europe, though. Well, in Europe, they're coming, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the banking shares come back now. Um, but, uh, but they've done so much to rebuild their capital base. And that was, that was our, one of our key things with Lloyd's. And it, and it is, again, in the tip that we've just done. They've got a capital base, which means this is like really quite a secure business. You know, there are fines, but also even these, those seem to be coming to an end. And they can pay really quite solid-looking dividends off the back of it. And, and you know, dividends which are worth having. Yeah. Um, Brexit hit a couple of the tips. Or Brexit, yes, the Brexit yeah. vote. Well, Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd's, Lloyd's, being, being, Lloyd's being one of them, but there were a couple of others that yeah, got hit New, by that New well. River that that um uh, that that got hit, but it's but it's been paying good yields, which is um, what we were after. But not but below the market in terms of its performance. It's a landlord. Yeah. It's a commercial landlord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a good business, and it buys it, it buys underperforming property and tries to you know spruce it up and turn it around. But but and, not not a lot of property companies did very well in 2016 no, it's been about, yeah. be, because of the fears over what would happen uh, yeah. once Britain leaves Europe. Absolutely, and now, uh, yeah, we've yet to see those fears come to anything, anything tangible. But I mean, although although it's hugely polit- politicised, saying anything about what may happen to the economy at the moment, I mean, we don't know is is the honest answer, and, and there could be negative implications. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's you know domestically, it's you know for a period, it's more likely they're going to be negative than po- positive. The implications. Having said that, a lot of property companies have bounced back uh, quite sharply since yeah. since the big falls post the yeah, referendum. Yeah. No, absolutely, so. absolutely. And also, we have M- MJ Gleeson, which um, which has been, which has you know been doing has been doing well. It's been doing what it does, building very affordable homes. It looks very much like it's in the place where you'd want to be in the housing market at the moment. Um, but that hasn't been very impressive either, and Brexit was a big dent to sentiment there. Yeah, house so, builders. Um, I mean, house builders again. It's like retail uh, in some respects. I think people are, are very worried about the prospects for the house building sector, and of mm. course, the valuations uh, yes. after a very strong run across the house building sector. So we had some bad news, badish news uh, before the new year from Bovis yeah. on, on the house building front, which. We would suggest it was a timing issue, but the market interpreted as a sign that, that this was a sector that had finally fallen out of bed, just like they were trying to interpret uh, next <laughs> statement as a sign yeah. that retail has fallen completely out of, out of bed. It's just being nervous and yeah, looking for, you know, looking for that bad news, which is going to be the, you know, the hallmark that it's all the party's over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, as, as you say, it's it, it hasn't those two cases it doesn't look like it really, you know, it is that. But um, but sentiment is, uh, is is a powerful force in investing. Yeah, it's a jumpy market. It's a jumpy market. So, yeah, never mind. Uh, but we, we got some things right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those also, you know, I kind of, I don't want to be too down on these tips because they, you know, they, they're, they're not a bad bunch. Um, RPC did very well. That was... Um, packaging. That's packaging. Big acquirer. We, there was a big acquisition at the end of um, 2015, which we really liked. And it's done very well from that. It's been buying a lot more since. I mean, there's a question of how, you know, there, there's a consolidation story in the European packaging sector. There's a question of how much, you know, this company can actually acquire before it kind of, you know, things start to come unstuck. Anyway, people like the story a lot. And I've seen quite a few brokers put it as their stock of the year this year, RPC. A penna consulting, that was textbook. That was um, our takeover tip of the year. 
the only thing not textbook about it, we, we had two things we really liked about it. We thought there are more upgrades coming through and we thought there was an ageing um, chairman with a lot of shares and we thought he may want to sell out. And there'd been acquisitions of similar companies in Europe. Uh, but um, So it had an upgrade just before the tip came out. So we missed out on about, you know, almost 10%. Well, that, that would have brought us into line with the all share then. Yeah, yeah, no, it probably would have. Probably would have, yeah, yeah, it's it? kind of like a match. It was, like, it was, it was one of those awful, gru- galling things. It was, uh, we, we put it a little bit on the online article. We couldn't put it in print because it happened but after the copy went to the printers and before the magazine was out. Um, so anyway, that, but it, it still made a 31% total return because it was bought by a deco really early in the year. Um, so, yeah, I think in March. I should have held so, out for more. Well, yeah, but the chairman, you know, the chairman had basically, you know... <laughs> I, I, th- I think he wanted to. It was, it was an agreed. It was an agreed bid. So um, that went well. Walt Disney. That went right for the wrong reasons. Uh, that was all to do with the dollar. What did we want it? What, what did we think was going to happen? We just, we just thought, you know, this is an amazing business. Uh, it's got, it's got the Star Wars franchise now. It just keeps on, you know, making money from these franchises. It's and got, Marvel. And the problems at ESPN. This is where we were wrong. We don't, we don't think there's that much to worry about and we don't think the market will be that much more concerned about those problems. But actually, the market has been very concerned about ESPN. And actually, we've seen um, the shares tick up uh, towards the end of last year because um, there's speculation that they could, um, they, they could sell off ESPN and then you'd just have the kind of great, you know, this great Disney um, bit without the, that kind of sports cable TV bit. Star Wars. Go mad for the, you know, Star yeah, Wars, can, exactly. Can only, it's just a huge it's franchise. Huge. Well, they've done, yeah, exactly, as you say, they've done it with Marvel, doing it with Star, you know, it's just I must like admit, they really I went, know I went how to milk them. I went to see it. Have you seen it? The new film? Not, not yet. Not, not. <laughs> oh, listen, this is not, not this is not the uh, you know the uh, Mark Commode and, uh, <laughs> review show, but I didn't like it very much. I thought it was a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my, that's the extent of my review. <laughs> yeah, we, we, Commode won't be um, quaking his boots. He, he won't. He won't. Oh, yeah. um, BAE Systems. That's done very well. That, that, dollar, dollar earnings do- again. Yep. Yep. Dollar earnings. Uh, you know, more more defence spending. And then Trump also. Trump gave it a real boost. Yeah. Also, big pension deficit. Uh, there's a lot of worry about that early, earlier in the year. But obviously, as, you know, year, uh, bond yields go up, that deficit becomes less of an issue. So um, that has a positive impact on valuation. OK. I mean, let's, I'm not going to tell you all uh, what our tips of 2017 are. Uh, that would be foolish. No, no. You need to read that in the magazine. Um but, but but there are some themes. Yeah, uh, so you know we, we we had some some ideas, uh, some strategies that we we wanted to put in play at the beginning of 2016. What are we thinking about in 2017? What's, so what's guided our picks? We've we, we've kind of some of the um, themes which have been developing last year, uh, and and some of the themes with the Trump election. We're we're trying to play, and likewise, and then and, and when I said that, that's um, essentially uh, we've got quite a bit of um, exposure to the oil and gas and commodities um, markets. But some of it's kind of, um, you know, through the back door, as it were, companies with, which aren't, at, what, there's one company which is involved directly in in the oil and gas business, but there are others which um, kind of ser- serve those markets or have had markets they serve impacted by the downturn in those markets. And we can just see 
that not really being priced in that those they've they've taken action to address the downturn in demand and really what you're getting is any potential upside in those um you know probably not not for free but but it's not there's not a big price being put on it. It's, it's funny because generally the picks and shovels, which I guess yeah. is what we're talking about here, they they would they tend to kind of precede the the improvement in the in the kind of the the underlying commodity well, yeah. markets. And this time they've kind of been left behind. I think I think it depends. I mean, it depends where they are. And also, I mean, what we're not seeing yet is there's lots of um, speculation that we'll see a pickup in capital expenditure, but. Um, we haven't seen it yet. So uh, what, what we'd hope to see is w- with prices being more, more stable and higher, that people start to spend money on, um, on their actual businesses again. Whereas what lots of people have been doing is cutting back over um, recent years, selling things off and just re- you know, putting their horns in. Mm. But also with, with these kind of stocks, all you need really, because the market's always trying to look ahead, is for sentiment to improve that type of thing may happen for um, share prices to re-rate quite a lot. But then also on the, on the, on the other side of things, we're, so, so we're looking at some of these, um, and, and also we have a financial in there which should benefit, uh, should yields keep on rising. Um, but then we've also looked at um, a, few, a few stocks where we feel they've been unduly hit by the um, what, what people are calling the great rotation. I think it, it stands for a lot of things, but one, one of the aspects of it is um, that people are moving away from kind of reliable growth and into value. And um, there are some stocks which have been caught up in it, which just really actually look like value. I, stocks, I was going to say, look I look at these and they look like value yeah. stocks to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got one stock which is kind of... Um, Expensive, you know, on on the bare face of it. That's yours, isn't it, Harriet? It is mine. Expensive tastes over there. (laughs) Maybe, but it's not expensive relative to its own history. That's true. That's the one tip, Harla, or one hint, I should say. That I'll give you. And this goes back to the old squeeze middle argument. It's it's not in that squeeze middle. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then we've got we've got other other companies which um, there's one in particular which stands out just as looking. You know, it's a, it, very cheap as a kind of, you know, it probably had the bond proxy um, label attached to it. And, uh, and, we, and now we're just like, well, you know, that's, that's a very good yield. I looked it's, at this it's one. It's going to be ahead of inflation if they can deliver on what I, they're I looked at this promising. one and I thought, my goodness, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> um, well, that's, I, like, that's a famous last word. Famous last words from the editor. <laughs> <laughs> and then also... Um, you know, drugs companies we think look interesting because there's been a lot of um, talk about. You know, there, there there are problems with the pricing in the drug market, and it's become very politicised. And um, ratings are down in that sector, and we just think maybe it's not going to be as bad as people think. And especially with innovative companies, and it's a very innovative company that we're targeting. It's a US company. A US well. company, yeah. We 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 th- you know we think that there's a really good opportunity to buy there. Okay, well, fingers crossed. Let's not give too much more away. I think we're running out of time as well. Anyway, thank you, Algie. Thank you, Harry. Thank it's you. A, thank it's you. been an interesting start to the year. Uh, it's really good to reflect actually on uh, on where we've been. Yeah, and it, it kind of tells you where you know where we're kicking off from. Can, you know, you need to well, you know, all, all all we really have a lot of the time is hindsight, which we build. Of impressions of the you know year going forward on anyway. Yeah, well next year forecast go- as we know. Actually, next, sta- well you say <laughs> that you much. say that Philip's written the cover feature next week, which is about for- super forecasting, and we're going to tell you how to predict the future. Excellent, yeah, no, excellent. <laughs> great news. <laughs> it's a very good book on that. <laughs> um, anyway, 
thank you for listening. Uh, lots more in the magazine this week. Again, we're in, in a bit of a reflective mode. Nicole uh, Elliott, the trader, ha- has, re- has taken a very broad view of, of where we are uh, in, in, from a trading perspective with a number of indices uh, and asset classes. Uh, Simon, uh, we mentioned house builders earlier. He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's kicked off his house builder trade again. Loves it. It's a new year house builder trade. And um, yeah, by all accounts, it's going gangbusters already. We had some great news from Persimmon earlier, um, which suggests that the house building problems people had kind of read into the bovis statement are not as structural as many had feared also plenty in the uh, personal finance and fund section including our fund tips for 2017 and how the 2016 picks perform as well as some new year resolutions from the money section i'm sure they'll be talking about those in detail on their podcast a little bit more views um from fund managers uh, written up by Bradley Gerard on uh, the prospects of inflation, for inflation and protectionism, which are going to be, I suspect, two of the big themes of the year ahead. Um, and, and talking again of value, Chris Dillo has updated his, uh, his no thoughts portfolios. These are very simple strategies, one of which is value, which has had a good year, but another is momentum. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, momentum continues to power ahead. Well, it's well, just a strategy to end all strategies. Also, interestingly, I if, mean, only, what, what, if only there was a product based on this fantastic <laughs> IC momentum index, it's which, we, which, we, which you can find on Bloomberg, produced uh, in association with FTSE. Uh, if only well, there were a product based on it, you could play momentum with a very simple smart beats or ETF. But hey. The, the the other interesting thing about momentum, and one of the reasons why, why it outperforms, is that. Um, what it's doing is latching onto the value themes. No, yeah. so it's just it's just it's in resources now, and it's in banks it's, and it's financials. Like a, so a, so a it's double it's, whammy it's, of value and you, momentum. You, people think momentum's growth. It's it's actually at the moment if you if you're constructing a momentum portfolio, you're buying a value portfolio. Wow. Like so. That's how it does, does it? <laughs> Give us a chat if you're interested. <laughs> thank you, Harriet. Thank you, Algie. And thank you all for listening. And again, uh, wishing you all a very happy new year. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one, but, but potentially a good one. Stock pickers year, I reckon. Stock pickers year. Anyway, if you haven't guessed already, the tips of the year issue, £4.90 in all good news agents, uh, or get online and subscribe. Thank you very much. Speak to you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.